On the night of February 1st, 2012, Samantha Koenig was preparing to leave work when she was approached by an armed man in a mask. Over the next several hours, Samantha was abducted, held captive, raped, and murdered. Today, we'll detail the events of that night, as well as the next several days in the life of Israel Keys, including the police investigation and multi-state manhunt. And this is just part one. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought Israel keys are what Moses used to unlock the promised land for the Hebrews when they fled Egypt, stick around. Or maybe don't. You may have tuned into the wrong show. This is Necronomapod. We learned a few minutes ago that the family of Samantha Koning is offering a $12,500 reward for information leading to her whereabouts. And this weekend, family and friends plan to post thousands of more flyers around Anchorage as they intensify their search for the missing 18-year-old. Detectives now say a surveillance camera posted above the entrance to the Common Grounds Espresso Hut on Tudor and Fairbanks shows an armed man abducting Koning on Wednesday night. Police say the two left the area on foot and Koenig's family has not heard from her since. I can kind of see how maybe something could happen. You know, she's just a friendly girl and she kind of knows a lot of people and, you know, she's pretty and she's young and she's cute and, you know, so I can kind of understand, but I, at the same time, I don't understand why anyone would do that to her. All right, so this ought to shut people up, right? We're doing fucking Israel keys. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the last of the big four cheating scandal uh, entrance, right? We promised that we would do them all in 2021. Here we are. Are there going to be any more uh, suggestions after this? Well, it, as long as they send them to the suggestions email, which is what? Inquiries. Inquiries at necronomapod.com. There it is. They're coming in. Pretty good clip. Yeah. Some good suggestions. Okay. When people well, request Ted Bundy, I point out that we did it on uh, April 1st of, <laughs> of this year. It was quite entertaining. And with a simple $5 subscription to Patreon, you can access <laughs> that episode and years worth of other content. It was an exhaustive 20 minute look into the life and times of Ted Bundy. Deep dive. Deep dive for sure. <laughs> I wrote the outline myself. <laughs> I spent hours and hours and hours. <laughs> Probably the best bio of Bundy that anyone has ever put out, I would imagine. I think it's cited worldwide every time the guy's name's brought up. Yeah. I think you're going to see Ian as a Ted Bundy expert on one of these shows someday. Ancient aliens. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the fuck we're doing that show. People are like, I don't know. I just smoked so much weed. I don't even know my name. (laughs) What's that guy with the big hair? I love that dude. So this is uh, surprisingly, I think, for all of us, been the most requested topic since we started this show. I mean, given, you know, you take away the fact that we've done a lot of big subjects already up until this point. It's been Israel keys because we've waited a few years and people have been clamoring. Yeah, I think we've been like all the heavy hitter serial killers. It's all 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. uh, Dahmer's like early 90s. I think that's why Israel Keys is so popular. It plays a big part of it is because it's modern day. You know, we're talking about 2012. Like popular with the millennial crowd. Right. And their social media mm. at this point. And I'll be honest. I don't really know much about this. I was, you know, big into the serial killers years ago. So I knew a lot about Ramirez and Gacy and all those guys. But I don't know anything about this. I think my interest in this stuff trailed off about 10 years ago. So Welcome to my life, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we, call it, we call it hashtag learn as you go. 
I thought about not even reading the outline today and going in like a. That's a fun adventure. A naive young boy like Mike every every week. I just, <laughs> naive I young boy. Oh, to be clear, I read the outlines almost every week. I think there's been, you know, when I want to mix things up, spice things up a little bit, I'll yeah. go in cold. Just learn, completely learn as yeah. I go. It's a, it's a wild adventure, man. Yeah, I get it. I couldn't hold back, though. I had to go and read it. All right. Well, they've been waiting. Let's dive in. One more question before we start. Were the perpetrators of the cheating scandal properly punished? By having to wait all year for this episode. Well, half of them. The other half got Casey Anthony within a month, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know. Who are you asking? If if you're asking Israel Keys uh, supporters, I don't believe they thought justice was served. You're probably right. Let's pivot right now, cancel this, and go into a redo of Betty and Barney Hill and <laughs> punish them some more. It's like, funny you should say, I got notes right here. How mad would they be? Just close this outline, <laughs> open a new one up. I was only joking. <laughs> that would be fun because I have not refreshed on any of that and we don't have any notes. So we'd just be listening to you talk. <laughs> so on the evening of February 1st, 2012, Samantha Coney was an 18 year old high school student living in Anchorage, Alaska, working her part time job as a barista at the Common Grounds coffee kiosk. Samantha was pretty much your average teenage girl. Uh, she was known as a really nice person who got along with everyone in school, didn't get involved in any clicky stuff. She messed around with some beer and weed, but nothing out of the norm. She was dating a boy from school named Dwayne, who was living with Samantha and her single father, James. And from my understanding, these very small coffee kiosks are really popular in Alaska and at the time, it was common for a young woman like Samantha to be closing alone at night. And really small means really small. I mean, like for elderly people like me, think a little bigger than those photo mat booths they used to have. You guys remember those? Probably not. Do you mean like a photo booth like in the mall? Like where you would like squeeze in and like get like a picture with like your girlfriend and like you make silly faces. No, it was like they have at weddings. Photo mat. They'd be in like strip mall parking lots and they were just little booths where you drive up and drop off your film. Little orange booths. That's why I said the elderly people like should me. we should we tell them those were just trash cans? Throw the film away. <laughs> God damn it! Those damn kids took my pictures. <laughs> anyway, photo mat. <laughs> I don't know what that is, man. I figured Sorry. you wouldn't. That's all right. It's uh, like, you know, the, the Starbucks in Target, you know, like the yeah. count where they make stuff pretty much like that size, just a little. I don't even think they're that big. They're just like little, like a shed, like a double, yeah. a double shed, like very small. I just think of like a small newsstand type thing. Yeah. 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 They're small. <laughs> they're small. Yeah. They're very popular. Uh, and I know one aspect it was not this one um but one of the aspects to this or those coffee kiosks like that are to have the girls or women wear bikinis yeah i've seen that too yeah i think a washington state oregon kind of thing i believe yeah i think after this people kind of wisened up Mm -hmm. to those type of uh coffee kiosks there might need to be a little bit of security for those women i agree The kiosk was scheduled to close at 8 p.m. that night, and Samantha had been pretty busy on her phone. She called her father, James, asking him to drop her off dinner, but he said no. Kind of like, uh, you don't need to eat out, just eat dinner when you get home. She was also texting her boyfriend, Dwayne, for pretty much her whole shift, 
because the two had been fighting. Samantha was completely convinced that Dwayne was cheating on her. At 7.55 p.m., a man walked up to the kiosk and ordered an Americano. This guy had on a ski mask, which wasn't out of the ordinary. It's extremely cold in Anchorage at this time. Samantha made the Americano, probably thinking like, hey, asshole, it's five minutes before closing. And when she turned around to hand this guy his coffee, he was holding a 22 pistol and said, quote, this is a robbery. So he went from a little asshole to a super big asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I had to look up what an Americano was, too. I was going to ask, but then I just thought I was being dumb. I don't. What's an Americano? Just a style of coffee, right? milk, maybe? I don't remember. Oh, is that all it is? It's not a coffee? It's like watered-down espresso, and it's extremely hot. Hmm. Watered-down espresso. Hmm. So he's a bitch. Americano. What do I get? I get something off the menu Starbucks. I can't remember what it's called. I think that's I've a had special s- name there. Starbucks like twice a month. It's life. not good. Starbucks? No, not at all. I, I mean, for as much as you pay and as long as you have to fucking wait. I mean, now they have like the online stuff, but you just order and then you just walk in and grab it off the counter. Yeah. I, I don't know. Mm. Too bitter. Flavor's not great. You're more of a Dunkin' Donuts guy, Dave? McDonald's? I do like McDonald's coffee. It's good yes. coffee. We've talked about this. I like Tim Hortons. Some people shit on it. I, I love Tim Hortons. Not Tim Hortons around here, but yeah, no, it's not. good too. Star, I think there's one down like Mansfield, Ashland area. That's a Tim Hortons open mm. up. Cafe Olay, that's what I get. It's like half coffee, Starbucks. half steamed milk, but it's called something else at Starbucks off the menu. I'm a fancy boy like that. Okay. I just get a iced coffee, black. You know who drinks iced coffee black from Starbucks? Who's that? Triple H. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wrestling talk with Mike and Ian. <laughs> hey, uh. <laughs> so is this now turned into a pop-up video, Triple H? But hey, you drink the same thing, Sam. What do you want from me? You expect me to not point out that fact? so samantha put her hands up and the man told her to turn off the lights in the kiosk as ordered samantha gave the man all the money in the register and then got onto the ground he then told her to get on her knees and turn with her back to the window the man reached in and put zip ties around her wrists and then jumped into the kiosk because there was no screen no windows basically just this wide open Wide open window. Like a newsstand kind of. That's how I think of it. Yeah. Just open. You prop open those tops and then people can reach right in if they wanted. The pictures I Googled seem more like a little barn. Okay. I'll pull it up so you guys can look. But like, like, like it's permanent. Like it doesn't move. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. It's fucking cold there, man. It's just a shed. I'd be putting hot coffee shops everywhere. Like that. Okay. Like a little photo mat size. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) ask your folks they'll remember the photo mats (laughs) we have a lot of old listeners i know i'm speaking to them directly right now mike we should probably start recruiting some younger ones when all them die (laughs) we gotta replace them soon i you know five ten years all right i'll be hit (laughs) the first thing he asked was if samantha had a car to which she said no but her dad was going to be picking her up soon. The man believed that she was probably telling the truth to some degree about getting a ride home. So he put a bunch of napkins in her mouth as a gag and walked her out of the kiosk. There were five foot snow drifts. So some areas were hidden, but all in all, this was a fairly busy and open area across the street from the kiosk was a home Depot and an IHOP. 
And the man had parked his truck at the IHOP, which was where he was leading Samantha. If someone ever gagged me like that, I think I would vomit and suffocate. Like, can you have, imagine having something shoved in your mouth like that? Like, I can barely brush yeah. my teeth with my gag reflex, let alone. I would. I agree. I'd be. The, I, I'd be done. That. If I think about someone like gagging, it starts making me gag. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely can't do that. Like Andy Bernard in the office when Pam throws up in front of Dwight and then he <laughs> just starts singing. And he's like, oh. yeah, that'd be it for me. I, I mean, I just die right there. I guess you just choke on it and that's it. You start aspirating the vomit and yeah, yeah you, you'd suffocate. No, thanks. Mm -mm. As they were walking, the man noticed a Canon camera lying on the ground that was in working condition. Uh, he later said that he felt the camera was an omen, like he was on the right path, like this was a sign of good luck. He mm. shouldn't be doing this. Sounds like something from the Bible, Dave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that the people that see omens, if omens were real, were not the people that would receive an omen. <laughs> this is true. Like, oh, ifs, right. <laughs> if an omen were real. Yeah, like if God was real, he would not be sending an omen to Israel Keys. Joel, Joel Osteen, maybe. <laughs> Not his real case. Tough week for him. But like, Joel, I left 600 grand behind your shitter in the wall. <laughs> I like how God went a little Italian yeah, there. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Oh. <laughs> We're going to go uh, necro old school here for a minute. Oh, nice. Problems with the keg this evening. One thing after another with that. I don't know if we're idiots or what, but that the CO2 tank is just not cooperating it's on the fritz as they used to say you know 100 years ago back at the photo man <laughs> i'm sorry these uh pictures are on the fritz yeah, the photo mats on the fritz come back next week kids <laughs> so as he bent over to pick up the camera samantha took off she wasn't dressed to be walking around in heavy snow so the man caught up with her tackling her to the ground at this point he laid out how thought out the subduction was he stuck the 22 in Samantha's side and told her, this is a small gun. It's quiet. I could shoot you right now and no one would hear it because there were people in the area. Not a ton of people, but if Samantha started screaming, someone at IHOP or Home Depot would have probably noticed. The man also told Samantha that he had small headphones with one in his ear with a police scanner going. If he heard anything about the police, Coming to the scene or anything about a kidnapped girl, he'd kill her. He told her to get up and lean against him like she was drunk. Samantha complied, and the two walked across the street to the truck parked in the IHOP parking lot. You have to take a chance and scream at that point. Your chances go almost to zero once you're in the car. I think it's that flight. I think we talked about this <clears throat> at one time, you know, the fight, fight, fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes there's none of that. You just someone just freezes yeah. just well, so scared it? she did try to flight she ran away and he got her so at that point what does that do to you then yeah like you you know you took all the courage you had to run he still got you you're you know you're tied up partially so you're not going that fast right it's snowing you know like we said and you're an 18 year old girl and you're terrified right I, yeah i agree so at the end and you have you're holding on to that hope that okay i'll do what he says and he'll yeah. let me go but just you know the chances are slim to none once you're in the car once you're so in that you position. have to take that chance Doing the research for this, I was reading some FBI stuff, um, and one of the agents that we're, we'll talk about said the statistics on on people complying to get out of the situation are, are very high. That most people will comply yeah. to 
in hopes that, you know, they will get out of the situation. Your mind can't comprehend that something like that happening to you. Yeah. I mean, could you like imagine being her, you know, 18 years old and a senior in high school fighting with her boyfriend about, you know, basic high Mm -hmm. school stuff. And then all of a sudden here's this guy, this, you know, six foot one, six foot two guy standing there with a gun. I'd be interested to see, and I'm sure the FBI has this, the percentage of people who commit abductions, how, what percent of them are also likely to kill you? It's got to be high. I would think but so. I, yeah. I wonder what that percentage is. And I'd be really interested in that smaller percentage, the people who would abduct you but are not really likely to kill you. Like what's going through their minds? Mm-hmm. Anyways, I don't know. Yeah, good point. Stranger on stranger abduction would be very rare. I would think that it would be really high in that. They, to kill. Yeah. You know? yeah. I guess that makes sense. If you know someone, there's probably an, you know some other motive going on. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not trying to armchair quarterback or fault. Hey, we're just having conversations in any way. But I mean, I think you have to go with the probability there and take your chances with screaming. Yeah. Like I, we were, um, Angie and I were talking about it and I'm like, I would, I think in my head that I would, uh, that I would do something and try and get out of the situation. But then I'm like, I, who, who knows you know, when you're, when you're, you're actually faced yeah. with that, I could, completely freeze up and yeah, mm-hmm. if you think your best chance of survival is to just comply yeah yeah and you think okay but if i make any move he's going to kill me on the spot so you never know how you're going to react until it happens and you never know what they're going to do yep once they were in the truck the man pulled the napkins out of samantha's mouth and explained to her that he was kidnapping her for ransom money and that everything would be okay if she just listened to him Samantha kept telling him that her father didn't have any money like that, but the man said not to worry. He knew how this stuff worked. As they were driving to an undisclosed location, they hit a red light. In the lane next to them, a police car pulled up. Samantha, presumably frozen in fear, did not attempt to alert the police. She sat quietly, hoping that this guy was telling her the truth. From there, they made a left turn and headed towards Lynn Airy Park. Once they got to the park, the man noticed that there was a group of cross-country skiers walking towards the parking lot. Again, Samantha sat quietly, and when the people were done loading up their cars and left, the man got out of the truck and started cleaning out the back seat. He saw Samantha shaking and asked her if she was cold. She said yes, so when he moved her to the back seat, he covered her up with blankets. Is cross-country skiing the worst sport ever? Doesn't sound fun. Like you when, need to watch or to, to participate do. in? Like when I used to ski, you get off the ski lift, and the time between when you get off the ski lift and you have to manually ski over to the hill, like it's horrible. It's a lot of work. But like if that's your actual what you're there to do, like the payoff that, is going like down no, the hill. Right. There's, there's no payoff in cross-country <laughs> skiing. Like that's the whole trip. I've like never skied, horrible. so I don't know. I've water skied. I've never mm, snow skied. Yeah. I've never skied. I still like skiing. It looks fun. Cross country does not seem fun. I don't really. I mean, but I don't know. Maybe it's like people who run marathons. Like, yeah, yeah. But I guess even in marathons, are sometimes downhills, right? And cross country skiing, are they going downhill sometimes? Maybe sometimes. So much effort, though. We used to run. You were like a long distance cross country runner or whatever they I call did. it. Right? I did like, cross country. I did not do any marathons. <laughs> like, what's the longest distance? I think the longest I ever ran was like eight miles. <laughs> <laughs> I 
back in the, this was a long time ago. <laughs> now I can't drive eight miles without stopping for a piss break and a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, I think if I walked eight miles, I would die. I used to get, <laughs> yeah, I would also, <laughs> I used to get yelled at because, uh, like cross country shorts are very short. And I would literally be trying to sag my shorts while running, like in a meet. And my coach would yell at me like, quit worrying about your fucking pants. <laughs> Well, it's because your penis I'm was showing- dangling down to your kneecap, yeah. right? It wasn't so much that. It was my, my paste white thighs. I don't care about, you know, showing some dangle. Like, that's an intimidation factor. But those white thighs were not intimidating. Also, you shouldn't have to really see, like, men's thighs. I know, like, shorter shorts are coming back mm-hmm. for men. Stop. You're embarrassing yourselves. I see him running around everybody. town. I'm like, it's very strange. But, I mean, just in general, like... Shorts used to like come like to the knee. I understand below the knee might be a little too long, but let it come to the knee. You don't need to be showing three inches of your above the knee. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. It's absurd. It's hairy. It's gross. Get the fuck out of here. What's well, coming full circle. Like if you watch old basketball games oh, from I the know. 80s, you're like Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, like those shorts are, <laughs> they're their nuts are almost hanging but out. Dave, I'm not talking about sports even. I'm talking about like what guys yeah. wear now, like, like yeah. swimsuits are getting smaller and smaller yeah. again and they think it's cool. It's not cool. It's not cool the fuck out of here with that i agree i'm not saying it has to go past your knee but like just a, like close to your knee like within an inch like your penis within an inch <laughs> of your knee sure <laughs> i mean there's way you could duct tape everything up and you know do the little tuck under if you need to <laughs> tuck under oh. us in the big penis club know about those tricks of the trade it was the big johnson club <laughs> well i'm not in the big johnson i'm in the big penis club it's a separate organization <laughs> With Samantha zip tied in the back seat, he got back in the truck. He sat there for a while thinking about what the next step was going to be. He led Samantha to believe this was all perfectly planned out, but in reality, this was very random. This guy just knew how to cover his tracks when he decided to attack. He had a young daughter and a longtime girlfriend at home. And at this point in the night, it was 11 p.m. His daughter was asleep, but his girlfriend would still be awake because she was uh stayed up till probably like one two in the morning was he normally out at this time did he have a plausible explanation for what he was doing at these hours we're gonna see that this is uh very much like john wayne gacy or jerry brudos Mm -hmm. like i have my time and my time is my time leave me the fuck alone what i'm doing what what i'm doing is none of your business exactly don't ask questions don't even approach me about it. I'm going to do what I want to do. Fair enough. It's interesting how those situations, people that comply with that. Yeah. I could not get away with something like that. No. <laughs> like if I was, if I tried to say that like a room in the house, if I like a claw, even like just a small area, I was like, you do not go in that room. Mm-hmm. That's mine. Don't even fucking open the door. Andrew would just open the door and be like, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Light it on fire. You wouldn't enjoy your uh, titty paperweight that you had handmade. And she would not. Your lampshade made of, or belts made of nipples. I'm combining stories now, I know, but still. But that's what we're going to, that's what, uh, that's a lot of what's going on. That's oh, good to know about the environment. He drove to Walmart to get a burner phone to make his ransom demands, but changed his mind because Walmart cameras had really good picture quality. So boldly, the man decided to drive back to the coffee kiosk to get Samantha's cell phone. 
Once there, he grabbed her cell phone and cleaned up some of the stuff that had been knocked over while he was zip tying her. As he was walking back to the truck, it hit him that her car keys were still inside and he might need them later on. So he went back in, grabbed the keys, and left. That's true about Walmart, though. Their surveillance cam is always good quality. Well, like, do you see the people that walk in there? It's <laughs> <laughs> like to identify the perps. Is that what you're suggesting? But like if you use that Simply self. Simply asked a question. <laughs> if you use that self checkout, there's a camera there and you're looking at yourself. You're like, this is better quality than any television you sell in the store. At the South. I have not been to a, I have not been to a Walmart in a while. Do the, is it, they have a camera on the self-checkout that yeah. shows you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why don't other stores have that? It's just Walmart. Like, I haven't seen that at other places. Target has it. But not, like, in front of everyone, but they I have, like, a say, screen. I have done it at Target mm. before, but I haven't seen, like, a screen right there. Unless I just, it was above and I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it's a little higher. Up. I, okay. hate, I cannot stand going into Walmart. I, I have not been it's in a long awful. time. The it's only an adventure, good, for sure. Oh, it's an adventure. I will say two good things about Walmart. They're the ones that have those. Like Thought he was going to say the pussy and the no, the, yeah, no, sir. The refrigerated pizzas. Remember, we used to have those on Thursdays. <laughs> of course, he's going to say that. really good. The Totinos. No, 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 not the frozen <laughs> stuff. Like the, remember those big ones? Uh, our mutual friend used to make oh. at, at his house. Remember those? No. We, have you had those? I don't know the name. Like I think it's a Walmart brand, oh. but they're, they're not even frozen. But they're real big refrigerated like frozen type pizza okay but you have to just take them home and like make them that day because oh, right. they're you. unless you're going to put it in your fridge but they're huge but those are really good huh. and then their hot food like section like their deli that has like boneless chicken wings and chicken tenders and potato wedges and like jojo's mm. really good really yeah i've never partaken from that i've section. never had their like traditional bone-in wings but mm. they're the boneless ones or the the chicken nuggies or whatever we decided to call them nug bites <laughs> or whatever who would have thought the gas station connoisseur gourmet would have like the <laughs> walmart hot food section? <laughs> never could have predicted that I'm, I'm, don't sleep on it don't sleep on it i'm just saying should you find yourself in a walmart which shame on you at least check out the hot food section or buy yourself one of those refrigerated pizzas on me okay <laughs> tell, them mike, tell them mike sent you they'll know look at yourself in the 8k camera while you're checking out that's wild well and that's what like going back to this being the reason the cameras being the reason that he didn't go inside walmart like we said, he just knew how to cover his tracks really well. Clearly. Very meticulous in covering tracks. Most people uh, would not take such care. As they were driving again, Samantha finally spoke and said that she had to go to the bathroom. The man thought he'd better let her go because if she had an accident, her DNA would be a whole lot harder to clean up. So he drove her to Earthquake Park. Once they got to this park... The man tied a rope around her neck and walked Samantha out to a clear area to pee, treating her exactly like a dog. Just she had enough slack to be able to bend down. I hate this guy so much already. Oh, you have no idea. Like we said a little bit ago, the man knew he was going to abduct someone that night, but he didn't have exact plans. So when he got Samantha back in the truck, he realized that he was almost out of gas. He drove to a gas station, filled up, and then started sending text messages from Samantha's phone. One to her boss and one to her boyfriend. The one to her boyfriend was angry, uh, keeping that argument going from earlier. Then he pulled out the SIM card and battery out of her phone. He pulled into his driveway at midnight, 
and then went inside to see if his girlfriend was asleep and to make sure that his daughter was in bed while leaving Samantha tied up in the truck. It's very bold driving around town like this. Yeah. A lot of care in the world. He's very good at covering tracks and we're going to see that, but some of this seems to be going off the rails a little bit, getting close to that, uh, that final stretch, okay. like the berserker phase. Once he was sure that his girlfriend was asleep and his daughter wasn't going to get up, he went outside to get Samantha out of the truck sometime between 1 and 2 a.m. He had a shed behind his house. It was like kind of off to the side. And inside, he laid down a 9 by 12 tarp, set up some space heaters, and had a sound system set up to listen to music. Like your guy fucking Jerry Brudos, Mike. How big is this shed? Why is that my guy? <laughs> we're, just talking, we're just talking about Jerry Brudos. Same kind of okay. deal with the shed in the backyard. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't, I didn't know. I, was, I didn't mean he was quote, claim, unquote, your guy. My guy. <laughs> because you had referenced him earlier is what I well, meant. I'm just a big fan of tit paperweights. <laughs> but I, I prefer them to be just rubber or latex, not an actual titty. Oh, okay. I don't like tough titties, Dave. <laughs> tough titties. <laughs> I wish she still had it. You go through so many sound clips. Well, man. yeah, I don't have that rotation. Well, what did she say, though? I don't remember. Tough titties. <laughs> well, she says, what can I say? Tough titties. What can I say? Tough titties. <laughs> Once Samantha was in the shed, he gave her a five-gallon bucket to use as a bathroom and tied her up. What he tied her up with was a rope around her neck that was then bolted to the wall. And he tied Samantha's hands in front of her so she could smoke if she wanted to. He told her that he needed her address. And he had also got it out of Samantha that she did have a vehicle and that her father wasn't going to be picking her up from work that night. She shared a truck with her boyfriend, Dwayne. She also told the man that they shared a debit card and it was probably in the glove box of their truck. He turned on the radio to some... uh, really shitty metal music and then went back inside his house to look up Samantha's address like um, God smack kind of stuff. Oh God. That whole genre of music that should have just went away forever. Is God smack considered metal. No, I should have said new metal. Okay. I think that's accurate. New metal. And you metal, right? Right. Okay. Only good thing that came out of that was the Deftones because they were looped into that new metal crap when they came out. Were they not new metal? No. No, they were something completely different. Okay. Well, I'm were they, doing why the were best they? I ever did. <laughs> why were they God God smack? <laughs> Shit is absurd. <laughs> Godsmack. Well, they started. That's an Alice in Chains song, right? Godsmack. And they started as an Alice in Chains cover band. I don't know. I, I have so. no idea. I forgot they were stay away. <laughs> Whenever I think of Godsmack, I just think of the fucking commercials for the army. Didn't they use their commercials oh, that's for right, a while? Yeah. That's all I think. Of. Oh God, the music's awful. Stay away. <laughs> it sounds like a Metallica ripoff, right? Like they're trying to be like a like James someone Hetfield doing a bit on, yeah. on Hetfield's voice. Or, or at least hearing you do it reminds me that they were <laughs> right. probably doing a bit on Hetfield. I guess. I don't know. The only bands that I will listen to that came out of that, well, Deftones, but like you said, they're not even. No. System of a Down. And yeah. I've never liked System of a Down. And really? Slipknot. Yeah. I like Slipknot. Yeah. Those are the two but that Slipknot's I not new metal. 
No, but they kind of they were in that loop. Like the Deftones, yeah. like, just grouped into it. They were in that. Sysma Down's great. I've never really gotten into their stuff. Really? I've listened to some stuff. I don't know. It just wasn't for me. I do like Slipknot. Well, I liked. I don't know what they're doing anymore. I haven't listened to them in a long time. They just had a new song come out a couple it's weeks good. ago. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's no Godsmack. <laughs> yeah. Is Godsmack still a band? I don't know. Limp still a band, so why not? Oh, good point. Imagine like the 2000s tour, and it's like Godsmack, Nickelback, and Creed selling out <laughs> stadiums across the country. Well, I just heard <laughs> the news today. <laughs> You start with that, and then you get to some Nickelback. You build, and then you close with Godsmack, who's the heaviest. Oh, just saying, it could work. Worst music. We all say this, yet they would probably like sell out Cleveland Brown Stadium. Nickelback could do it. I don't know if those other two piss ant bands could. There's no accounting for taste. I don't doubt that. I'm just saying they would do it. Nickelback probably could. I actually don't know if Nickelback would sell out a stadium like that. You think they can do sixty some thousand? Maybe in Canada. Yeah, maybe. But fucking Canadians don't know. They're drunk all the time. <laughs> I'm looking at some of these Godsmack songs. I'm not the one who's so far <laughs> away <laughs> when I feel the snake by enter my veins. Never did I want to be this way. And I don't remember how I came. Something like that. I don't know if that's all the words. God, what know. clever lyrics. How did, you ever come, how did you ever write those? Did you do some DMT? And like, mystic? <laughs> that's uh, voodoo or something like that, right? Voodoo. And I apologize. It's keep away. Keep away. <laughs> I was saying stay away. Keep away. Oh, I thought it was stay away, too. Oh, there's a song, Keep Away. Is there another one, Stay Away? Keep mm-hmm. away, stay away. It's a sequel to the first song. Keep away, part two. <laughs> Keep away, now stay away. <laughs> Wasn't there a song, Awake? Now I'm awake, so keep the fuck away. <laughs> Wasn't there one song, Whatever? Whatever's another one, yeah. yeah. See, you know. Yeah. I, well, I know a few. I don't know. Their songs were all over the radio for a while. It was if you listen to the radio, like the local rock station, it was hard oh, to yeah. avoid them. And that's how I know more words than I'd like to omit about that voodoo song. Here's this for an idea. Since I, I believe they were an Alice in Chains cover band because Godsmack is an Alice in Chains song. We'll do a cover band of Godsmack doing <laughs> Alice in Chains songs. <laughs> so Alice in Chains songs with Sully's uh, voice. How about that? I'm the man in the box. I think that works. <laughs> I like it. All right. Would well, you start in that band? Yeah. I'm going to start it tomorrow. I'm going to put out right. feelers for. I'll learn the flute. Musicians. <laughs> flute. <laughs> the recorder. You take the violin. <laughs> and then Dave, you got vocals. Okay. Keep away. It'll <laughs> be great. By the time you looked up Samantha's address, it was around 2.30 a.m., and in about three hours, he had to leave to board an airplane for a vacation with his daughter. In a rush, he took his girlfriend's car to Samantha's house, and he parked about four blocks away. He went into her truck, and the debit card was right where Samantha said it would be. As he was closing the door, Dwayne came out, and the two of them stared at each other for a minute. Dwayne ran inside to get Samantha's father, and the man took off. Now that he had Samantha's debit card, he needed to test it out, but realized he didn't know the PIN number. 
So he drove back to his house, went into the shed, got the pin number from Samantha, and then drove to an ATM to check the balance, which was 94 cents. After all of this and getting back to the shed, it was now 3 a.m. That was the balance of the cooldown media account after that last sushi lunch we had. <laughs> we were lucky to get away with that much. That big tray cleaned out the account. There's a lot of uh, breakpoints here in the story that could have swung the story to a completely different outcome if only a little action had taken place or things have gone a little bit differently. Are you implying that if the 18-year-old boyfriend, Dwayne, had a CCW, he could have handled things right there on the spot? Or just, you know, made his move. He could have been the hero of the day, I think. What did it say? He ran inside to get the dad? Yeah. Why? He's still kind of a kid at that point. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I guess what's the mindset at this point? It's 3 a.m. You see someone trying to, I mean, you know she's missing, but you don't really know she's missing because you think she's just mad at you. So now you just, maybe it's a carjacking. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, again, it's easy to armchair quarterback, but yeah, you got to be in that person's shoes. Sure. Your armchair quarterbacking better than Ben Roethlisberger is actually quarterbacking <laughs> tonight as we watch this game live. <laughs> Suck ass Steelers down 16 nothing. You better be quiet because they're going to come back and win this game. <laughs> I like how Ian's wearing purple, too. Good job, man. Way to support the. He's uh, cheering on the Vikings. Nice work. Yeah, didn't plan that out very well. Anyways, you were about to make an actual legitimate point before I was a fucking meathead. <laughs> um, and he was wearing a mask too. You know, he had a ski mask. Yeah. So and he's a, he's a tall he's a tall guy. Yeah, six two. He's a big, bigger. No, bigger you get that urge to double you question things and it's not fair to sit here and question someone in that situation. I don't think not, you're being not unfair. All. You're just throwing out different ideas about how many times yeah. we talk about that with serial killers. How many people, if they would have intervened at such point right. when he was grow, they would, or he or she were growing up, could it have stopped things? I what? don't think you're, what you're doing is yeah. negative. I mean, even the FBI says or, or said it that in the process of Samantha getting kidnapped and then, um, when this is all said and done, there's 13 close calls. There's 13 different times this could have yeah, been stopped. Sure. And it just, the way it played out, it didn't. And that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like he abducted her and took her into an IHOP parking lot. Like that's one of those restaurants. It's like 24 hours, aren't they? Or, yeah. or the, so there's people in there in the middle of a busy city. There's a Home Depot there. Like it's, it's busy. He had the snow drifts. I understand, but like, how many different people were within three feet of them at any time, like just walking by or not knowing or thought, oh, this is, a, you know, he told her to act drunk. This is a drunk girl. And people mind their own business. Yeah. You, they you really just don't do. know. Yeah, you man. don't know. So now that he was back at his house, he went inside, got himself a glass of wine and Samantha a glass of water. Samantha asked him if everything was working out with the ransom to which the man said Yes. He untied her hands and unscrewed the rope that was bolted to the wall and let Samantha kind of sit there for a minute untied, uh, almost like giving her this false sense of hope, like the ransom is paid. It's This is all over now. Um, but after a bit, he retied Samantha using pretty sophisticated knots and then raped her twice. After this, Samantha asked him if he was going to kill her. And she was trying to talk him out of it as he put on leather gloves from behind. He wrapped a cord around Samantha's neck and strangled her to death. During the strangulation, he stabbed Samantha once below her right shoulder blade, 
for no apparent reason other than he wanted to. Once Samantha was dead, he went into the house, took his shower, and woke up his daughter for their trip. It was now 5.30 a.m., and he was exactly on time. Not sure how you do that, and then go wake up your kid, And but... Did we say how old this kid was? She's completely unknown. We'll talk about that a lot more in part two. Okay. Um, I Probably, I would say, first grade to third grade. Okay. Probably. Is a fair window of of her age there's something majorly turned off inside in your mind to be able to do that oh yeah i I don't think you would understand feelings at all like you don't have any feel you can't have a feeling right you don't even understand what feelings are yet you can take care of your little daughter how's that work and be by all accounts a great dad Mm. i don't know no words. Except Steelers suck. <laughs> <laughs> he called a cab and got on an Alaska Airlines flight from Anchorage to Houston, Texas. Once he and his daughter landed on February 2nd, he rented a 2011 Kia Soul from Thrifty Rental Service. From there, he drove 2,827 miles. We're going to talk about in part two a lot of this is unnecessary driving um, to potentially throw off law enforcement. It's some of it will seem unnecessary, like going too far out of the way Mm -hmm. because his destination was Lafayette, right? Which is 200 miles from Houston. So that's a long fucking way out of the way. 2,800 miles. What the fuck you doing? And there's questions we're going to get into part two about, you know, (laughs) right. What, what was going on? What exactly was going on? Yeah. Mm. It's a very strange story. So when they finally got to Lafayette, Louisiana, they stayed at an America's Best Value Inn. They arrived on February 5th. The next day on February 6th, he and his daughter met his longtime girlfriend where they got on the Carnival Cruise Lines round trip from New Orleans, Louisiana. He did some more traveling once the cruise ended on February 11th, but we'll talk about that on part two along with that 2,827 miles. (laughs) I see you next week. (laughs) I once drove to 2,000 miles to get to Akron, Ohio. Is that right? I just toured the country uh, (laughs) trying gas station hot dogs. (laughs) Do you have a lot of Pepto with you? Not necessary. No. Iron stomach. Yeah, of course. So what's the name of this place? Uh, America's Best Value Inn. Mike, would you say that's a hotel or a motel. So I think we've had this conversation before with what we thought, like an inn. Well, I looked it up and I oh, there's just an actual, based on the sound of the description, I was wondering if you could oh, tell. Well, there is no hallways in this place, I would guess. So you're saying it's a motel? I would. I, outdoor outdoor. Doors? Is that what the actual definition for a motel? I would say that it's the my doors lead directly outside. That is incorrect. Really? Yeah, it's an actual hotel with inside. How about that? Infested with bed bugs is what I say. <laughs> Infested with bed bugs. I mean, I know there are some inns that are hotels. I just was going with a guess here and uh, how scummy it sounded. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, he did. That's just to go to say, you know, yeah. a lot of places that have hallways are still not good places to sleep at night. <laughs> very, very true. I believe we did a whole episode on that on Patreon called the Cecil Hotel. <laughs> this is true. Not going to want to stay there. 
Well, Ian and I would for a night. You wouldn't. Too bougie. Nope. I changed my mind last time after I really read more in depth about uh, the activities going on at the uh, the Cecil Hotel. But when it became the stay, those activities were still going on. Still, you got to do one night. Oh, you think a name change gets rid of all the activities? Dave would be drinking at uh, another hotel with Godsmack, partying. Chateau Marmont, me and Godsmack. (laughs) Have fun. And we'd see people coming over from Stay at Maine. We're like, stay away. Uh, Nobody from Stay at Maine is allowed in the Chateau Hotel. Oh, are you staying at the Stay at Maine? Stay away from me. (laughs) There's just so much noise. (laughs) There's a lot of noise. Uh, I will go on record again. Now that this is not on Patreon. I would absolutely spend one night at the Cecil Hotel. Okay. One night. Alas. It's even a bigger challenge now that it's not open. <laughs> right? Yeah. Somebody, I think, messaged us and was like, well, would you guys, why don't you guys go stay there or do a live show from there? And I was like, because that would involve breaking and entering. And we're not going to do that <laughs> for our show. So while all this traveling was going on, Samantha's body was still in that shed like he never disposed of her body and he had been keeping an eye on the weather while he was on this cruise because Anchorage is going to start warming up a little bit. He arrived in Anchorage on February 18th where he found that Samantha's body was still frozen. He decided he would wait until February 21st to do anything further because his daughter would be in school. On that Monday, he started tearing apart the shed from the inside, breaking everything down like the cabinets and shelving to firewood or items were burned. Like there were some lights in there that he you know, broke and would burn. All while Samantha's body was on the floor wrapped in a sleeping bag. When his daughter came home from school, she did her homework. They had dinner and then the man got his daughter to bed. Around 2 a.m. that night, he started to gradually burn everything Samantha had touched. This whole time, he had been running space heaters in the shed to thaw Samantha out. Because she froze before rigor mortis really set in, when Samantha thawed out, she was movable. So he hung her hands above her head from that bolt in the wall and had sex with her body. For some reason, I didn't see this coming in this story necrophilia yeah didn't seem to fit in this uh i don't know the guy's mo i don't know why i just i didn't see this coming that's why it's it sounds a lot like there's carelessness going on and then this it's like this ramp up Mm. to yeah something's going off the rails yeah i see what you mean you know what else is going off the rails what's that steelers defense not a pretty uh thursday night primetime game it's not i regret asking to put it on tv <laughs> people are gonna be listening to this on a sunday like what the fuck the steelers aren't even on right now no they long lost three days ago <laughs> as you're listening to this <laughs> it's not clear how many times he did this or what else exactly happened but he lost track of time it was now five or six a.m and his daughter was knocking on the shed looking for her dad He did the whole I'll be out in a minute gimmick, cleaned himself up, and then got his daughter ready for school. (sighs) So I'm saying there has to be something. All this talk with the daughter fucking just weirds me out. Like Like the disassociation needed to be in the shed having sex with a dead girl while your daughter's knocking and to be able to function. Yeah. It's just 
another level of who the fuck I don't wanted to hear this story so goddamn bad. <laughs> this is not fun at all. No, this is horrible. I feel like you're not you wouldn't even be able to be human at that point, right? You were a robot. Right? You've got a switch you yeah. can turn on and off that I can't comprehend. Yeah. It's not uncommon though. I mean, a lot of these guys we've talked about the same kind of thing. But and- do you hear them often being good fathers? Which I didn't know till you said that. And BTK. He was it was a good father. I don't remember. I, was I mean, nine years ago we covered that. There was no real complaints about him. Yeah. I'm not the motherfucker that called the police and asked, "Hey, can you trace this if I send this to you?" <laughs> yeah. Okay, five and a quarter floppy disk. Yeah. Like, uh, no, wait, no, no, of way. course not. You can send that to us. You will have a stunt. I assure you. <laughs> okay. Did you was see he where- the one that like was camping and then drove out in the middle of the night? Yeah. Okay, I remember that for his son's. Um, like the boy, boy scouts yeah. yeah did you see i saw it on twitter a couple months ago someone said if you could tell your 18 year old self go back and tell your 18 year old self anything what would it be and btk's daughter retweeted it and put dad is btk that's absurd <laughs> jesus <laughs> god damn Whew. that's another level there hey at least she's able to you know talk about it and have a little fun with it yeah. i guess <laughs> at least I, I, I hope she was having some <laughs> fun with yeah, that. Like right. I don't know why you would tweet something like that if <laughs> right. it was actually bothering you very much. Oof. I like to think she was having fun with it. I hope so. So now at this point, it's February twenty second, and that afternoon he picked up his daughter from school and took her to Target, where he bought a Polaroid camera. It's not clear if this camera just didn't come with film at all, or if he needed more film. Um, but this target did not have the film in stock, like the film by itself. So he went to photo mat on the way home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, in 2012, pal. So. <laughs> he stopped at Revco, <laughs> Revco. Radio Shack. <laughs> I saw an ad. Someone posted an ad the other day, like a sale ad from 1990 or something, a Radio Shack ad. And it's like everything in this ad is now on your phone. And it was true. <laughs> Every single thing on that ad was in your pocket. Fucking wild. Are there, does Radio Shack officially go out of business? It's got to, right? It's gone completely, I, I think. Who bought, someone had to buy that. Um, I don't know. Okay. Ours lasted up until the last couple of years. What the fuck were they selling? Cordless phones. I was, or that. Or, like, <laughs> or just, you know. What's the reception like on these bad boys, huh? <laughs> fucking answering machines. <laughs> And batteries, right? And the, like wire adapters for, I, I don't know, I guess. Like, can you, uh, do you have an adapter for a USB-C to my reel to reel from 1974? <laughs> <laughs> Let me go in the back. I don't even know what the fuck a reel to reel is. <laughs> Is that a thing? Like old eight millimeter stuff, film. Okay. I was alive-ish. <laughs> we had VCRs in my day, pal. Yeah, I had a VCR too, pal. <laughs> yeah, you did. It was like a big purchase for you, right? Like that was like a big thing. I think I had one of the first time I block. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they were so expensive too. Well, wasn't uh, like Batman, the first movie that was released that was like affordable and like available like like to everybody. Batman? It's like the first like theatrical movie that became available. What Batman? like the Michael Keaton, like 1990 Batman, like before that they were released, but it was like 80 bucks to like buy a movie. No. And then they released Batman on VHS and it was like $10. Oh, I don't know. I just heard a whole thing about this. Like like to buy a movie 
was like ridiculously expensive. We didn't buy them. I mean, we, we just rented everything but that's back what in I mean. those days. Yeah, but maybe then, like, the actual Batman purchase. became like the first movie that was like for $10 or whatever. You can just own this movie. Oh, uh, I don't know. And then they like it was released. And I'm assuming at that time it would have been VHS. I don't know. The history of the the video cassette is is interesting because there was VHS and there was Betamax, the Sony Betamax. Yeah, I don't know much what that Betamax is. Betamax was a much better quality, but the porn industry went with VHS and that uh drove everything. So it drove Betamax out of out of uh out of existence and VHS is the standard that survived because that, of porn. And that day people were only buying the porn. Yeah. Porn rules everything. Guess what? It's on your phone now, Dave. That's right. <laughs> it's in my pocket. So this camera either came with film and he needed more or he needed more and this target didn't have it in stock. Either way, he needed more film, but he had to wait until his daughter was in bed to drive to the next target for film, which was about an hour away. And before getting his daughter to bed, um, in, in between these target trips, he went home to make dinner and he stopped off and bought the following items, a foam sled, tote bags, carbon ribbon and paper for a typewriter, a sewing kit, 10 pounds of fishing line and an Anchorage daily newspaper dated February 13th that he pulled out of a dumpster. So we've talked a lot. We've talked about a lot of disturbing things over the years. This next part is one of the weirdest and most disturbing things we've ever talked about. It's very it strange. Is awful. All this stuff that he was doing and buying was for a proof of life photo. Even though Samantha had long been dead, he positioned her body multiple ways until he got her in a position that he liked. But there was a major issue in that Samantha did not look alive. She'd been dead for 21 days at this point. And even though he spent hours braiding her hair and putting makeup on her face, it didn't change the fact that Samantha didn't have any expression on her face. She looked dead. And it, there was even talk of you could see the blood pooling underneath her skin in these in the picture. So it just doesn't make any sense. No, not at all. He tried super glue to make it look like her forehead showed wrinkles, like as in her eyebrows were moving or something, but that didn't work. He tried tape to make her mouth have expression, but that didn't work either. So he went to his sewing kit using the fishing line and a needle. He sewed down through her eyebrows and along the sides of her nose in an attempt to make it look like she was squinting her eyes shut. After five or six pictures, he was happy with one and moved forward with this ransom plan. This picture is like you said, it's really fucking disturbing. Is it out there? So, Cause I really don't want to see that. So there's a picture out there, which a lot of places report it as to be real. Like that's 100% real picture, but it's not, it's, um, it's from the, it's from a TV show called dark minds, which is this really cheesy fucking true crime show. Mm. Like this guy's got this eighties feathered hair and a soul patch. And he's all fucking serious standing by abandoned buildings and oh shit. Boy. Um, but, but they do stay away. He listens to that for sure. <laughs> um, but I watched the episode of it and they say a lot of stuff that is not fact that mm. they don't say it's a dramatization and they show this picture 
and they don't say it's a dramatization, but it definitely is. It, it, they, you know, made this picture. Wow. Um, so it just kind of spread all over the internet and it's, you know, you, you see websites say like, yeah. this is the picture and it, it's not. Mm. So you because can't find the picture. You can't, no, well, not the real ones. That's right. Uh, I mean. Yeah. Not the real ones because this one um, in that picture, the one from the dark mind show, her hair's down her hair wasn't down. He mm. braided it. Right. Um, so that's the big one. And then to, you know, there was multiple, we're, we're going to talk about, you know, there's multiple pictures. We said five or six, and he's going to include all of those in this. Some, her eyes are open, mm-hmm. but he sewed her eyes open. And then, so, you know, he sewed her eyes closed first right. and then sewed them back open. Uh, just the amount of disrespect this girl got from this clown. Well, I'm glad the pictures aren't out there. Yeah. So if you go, if whatever, you, when you look for it or type it in, it'll come, a picture will come up, but it's spoiler not, alert. You're not going to find it. Yeah. It's not real. Good. It's, it's fake. Your mental health should be taken seriously. Nothing can cripple your day or stunt your motivation more than feeling depressed, anxious, or sad. We all have a lot to deal with in our daily lives, be it the struggles of work, keeping food on your table, or even paying the bills. Your mental health is one area that you shouldn't have to worry about. Whether life currently has you down or things are going well, but you're still feeling unfulfilled, we're all experiencing our own form of strain on our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is an online mental health provider that will assess your needs and match you up with your own licensed professional therapist. And the best part, there's no waiting rooms. That's pretty huge, especially if you're as impatient as I am. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment that will have you communicating with a counselor within the first 24 hours. And once you've begun, you can send your counselor a message at any time, always getting a helpful response in a timely manner. You even have the ability to schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all from the comfort of your very own home. So whether you struggle with trauma, depression, LGBT matters, grief, anxiety, or even self-esteem, BetterHelp counselors have a broad range of expertise, and their licensed professional counselors are waiting to assist you. BetterHelp is available worldwide. In fact, so many people have recently been signing up for BetterHelp that they're currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Once you get started, if at any time you're unhappy with your counselor, there's no need to worry. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and makes it easy and free to change counselors. BetterHelp respects you and your privacy, so everything you share with your counselor is completely confidential. And while it's not a crisis line, it is a convenient, professional, and affordable way to seek the help that you deserve. They even offer financial aid for those who qualify. If you'd like to hear how BetterHelp has assisted people just like you, check out the testimonials posted on their website every day. We here at Necronomapod want you to be living happy and healthy. So, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com necro. Join over 1 million people already taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash necro. So now let's rewind back to February 2nd, 2012, the day after Samantha had gone missing. The young woman opening the coffee kiosk immediately knew something was wrong. Samantha was always really responsible and things were all out of place and the money was gone. The police were called and pretty soon it was discovered that Samantha had never shown up at home the night before. 
Police immediately started working on the theory that because Samantha was fighting with her boyfriend, she just decided to steal the coffee money and skip town. Because this is an area where pretty much everyone knows everyone, word spread pretty quick to FBI agent Steve Payne, who worked at the FBI's Anchorage office. An 18-year-old young woman just skipping town didn't sound right to him. Like It didn't make sense. But the police said they didn't need his help. It was their case. Don't need you. Plus, there's not a lot of places to skip town, too, right? Up in Anchorage, Alaska? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, like you're not in New York Juneau. City. Where you, you go to Juneau. That's nowhere near there, right? Well, the town. How easy it is to travel. Little, I've been to Juneau. Little did you I've know. been to Juneau, by the way. Yeah. Looked like it had a great meth scene, from what I could tell. Maybe it did. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's um, what's the town starts with the W? Is it Wallace or Wayless? Oh, uh, like Seward's close to there. Where's Wallace? That's where the target was that he drove an hour away. Oh, wherever Sarah Palin's from. Oh, where you can see Russia from your front door. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that place. Sounds that's awesome. where that's where the target was. That oh, he drove right. to. Well, what was the name of that town? I don't remember the name of the town. Sounds great, though. Count me in. She was the mayor, right? I believe so. Was Scylla. Yes. What did I say? Wallace. Wallace. That's not too far off. It's a good <laughs> guess. Not bad. What are you going to do? Value an effort. Trying to look at the map here to see where Wasilla is. Okay. Like, I mean, that's pretty far. It's not like it's right next door or anything. What'd you say about an hour away? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see Russia right there out the front. <laughs> Google images or like Google Maps. You could just see it from the front yard. Yeah, absolutely. I see Putin out there waving. <laughs> Shirtless waving on a horse. Sun. That's right. <laughs> Give him the finger. At 8 p.m. that night, the police were contacted by the owner of the kiosk. This guy lived 2000 miles away. Like he, he did not live in this area, but he had access to the security cameras. Police didn't reach out to the owner because they had tunnel vision on the idea that Samantha had ran away. The cameras inside the kiosk picked up everything we talked about in the beginning, but the quality was too poor to make out any details about the man who kidnapped her. Through some contacts, FBI agent Payne was able to watch the surveillance video. And the first thing he noted was that the unknown man had done this before. It was too smooth. But again, agent Payne offered his assistance and the police said they didn't need it. It was their case. Hmm. What do they say in the matrix? The cops don't give me that, uh, jurist, my diction crap. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Good one. (laughs) It kills me with law enforcement sometimes in these stories where everyone has to prove whose dick's bigger. Yeah. And there's always, every time we've talked about this, we talk about, talked about it in Oklahoma city, uh, Waco, Ruby Ridge. There's always these really good police officers or really good FBI agents sitting on the sidelines. Like, can we all just fucking work together? Yeah. Maybe like there's an 18 year old girl missing. Maybe the FBI knows more than the police and, uh, you know, Anchorage, Alaska. So maybe you let them help you or it just, why, why wouldn't you want more resources on something? Absolutely. I I never understand that. Well, they were trying to close this one out and the FBI wanted to make a whole thing of it. Right. Like they were just like, Oh, she ran off with the money. That's what they were working on. Get out of here. Fuck. Oh, you're trying to make this a whole thing. We've already put this one to bed. Like how much coffee money could there be? 
Like, no disrespect to our pal Jared or Just Brew. <laughs> The coffee mogul. You're the only one who disrespects him on this show. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm sure the guy's a billionaire at this point, but in this little coffee shop, how much money could there be to abscond with? I don't know. It's pretty cold up there, man. Maybe (laughs) they're just buying coffee to keep their hands warm. But it wasn't like this was uh, the only one in town or anything. You know what I mean? Like these these kiosks, coffee places were everywhere. So I mean, what's her most? She's also 200 bucks. She's also an 18 year old girl. 200 bucks is a lot of money at that time. Yeah. Skipping out with, you know, a boyfriend going to wherever. Maybe they're going to Winnipeg, Manitoba. It's in Canada. Oh, thanks. Never yeah. heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, no, I mean, they're idiotic. I'm just saying it makes sense. An 18 year old might steal 200 bucks and run away yeah. in general. Doesn't make sense in this case. Yeah. You know, because there's fucking surveillance footage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's even fucking crazier about that surveillance footage is that police started running on the theory that the man in the video was her accomplice and that she left with him. Oh, boy. So do you think that's because he came back later that night and cleaned up? They didn't. uh, We'll talk about that in part two. Uh, That that footage was available. Uh, Police never watched it that long. Because that could make more sense. I mean, they probably should have done their homework and watch everything. But then you see the guy come back. Maybe they're thinking, oh, look, he came back to clean Mm -hmm. up the scene to make it look like, you know, nothing ever happened here. And they pieced out with the money. Yeah, they're going to. They didn't even watch that. So Mm. try to stick up for him and they shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, they did not watch that far into it. Mm. They're like, oh, he left. Turn the camera off. Nothing else happens here. They already (laughs) left. And you, you couldn't see any of that stuff from the outside that we talked about. Like, um, and the, the whole, the full thing is on YouTube. It's like 17 minutes long, I think on all in surveillance. all surveillance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You can't see the stuff we talked about, mm-hmm. about her running away outside, things like that. Um, but everything else we talked about on the inside, you can see her get on her knees, everything. And I, when you watch it, it's like, wow. how the fuck do they still think that this guy could potentially like that? She left, on her own free will with this guy. You can see her getting on her knees and getting zip tied and stuff. You, you everything we talked about, you can oh, see. Shit. And it kind of, he does ask her to turn the lights out. The lights go up and it's, you know, it gets darker, but yeah, I mean, you see her clear. You see her very clear wearing her green shirt that she was wearing. And you know, he hops through the window. I don't think I really want to watch that video. I don't want to see that. But so you can clearly establish based on that video that she was kidnapped. I mean, does that lead you to pull surveillance from across the street at IHOP or Home Depot or anything? And maybe Dave, that's more part two. Oh. That did not happen. Come on. <laughs> Are you asking these people to work? <laughs> I don't know. And I'm not trying to do police bashing, but I, we see this well. too many times in too many cases. Like I said, I think it's, it goes both ways and every time we do these cases or anything like this there are some really good police officers and mm-hmm. fbi agents on the sidelines doing their work and ray biondi yeah the negotiator from waco i can't remember his name off the top of my head i can't either yeah, yeah. and there's always really good you know people in law enforcement that kind of get overshadowed you know when these major fuck-ups happen Well, I think in past episodes and even recently, we've done a good job of praising when cops have done well. I can't remember specifically what the episodes were, but we have talked about when there's good police work. People don't hear that part, though. I don't know. I don't think we have we have people really complaining anymore, do we? Unless there's stuff I'm not seeing. 
I think we're fair. No, I don't, no, I don't think so. This yeah, is just one. to be as fair you know, as possible. Thus far, the police here have not uh, seemed to have done a very good job. Her you know who else hasn't done a good job? The Steelers in the first half of this football <laughs> game. Down 23 to nothing. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know why I asked him to have it put on. Ben Rapisberger should be out of, the, <laughs> out of the league at this point. Mike, I feel like our... Uh, our our uh, alma mater won the high school division one state title last week. I feel like they could beat the Steelers today. Well, they could beat most professional teams. They're a fantastic <laughs> high school football team. That's right. <laughs> they could beat everyone except the Browns. I think the Browns would whop them. Polly whop them. No, no one beats the Browns. Greatest team in the history of professional sports. <laughs> Steelers beat them. <laughs> yeah, the Browns let them. Get, get back to the story, Ian. So. Samantha's father, James, was basically like, fuck this. And he pursued what what he knew in his gut was that his daughter was kidnapped. James and Samantha were very close. They sent texts back and forth multiple times a day. Now James was calling and texting with no response until the phone went straight to voicemail, like the battery died or it was turned off. James started handing out flyers and hit social media hard. And... Now the police were, you know, it's starting to gain public, uh, public attraction. You know, people are noticing this case and now the police are playing catch up, but still refusing help from the FBI. Getting to the investigation, police first interviewed James. James Coning was no stranger to law enforcement. Uh, he dealt with a pretty rough crowd regarding possible drug money, things like that. Like he was involved in potentially things like that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of allegedly. Yeah, I don't I mean he's described as a guy that had his run-ins with the law with things like that and there was a lot of suspicion that maybe something whatever happened to Samantha was payback for something else. Gotcha. Mm. From, you know, things he had done in his life and you know, as far as drugs and things could be concerned like business dealings. That's scary. They remind. Did you watch Sons of Anarchy? No. That reminds me of that show where they, uh, the one guy, the one biker guy in the in the club, accidentally killed this other guy's daughter. So they kidnapped him and they brought him to this thing and his they burned his daughter alive in front of him. I'm like, oh my god, that's kind of what they were thinking here. Or something. Yeah, it's happened. fucking brutal, man. Like it's one of the worst episodes of TV I've ever seen. That's what that reminds me of. When it came to his daughter's disappearance, the police report of James said, quote, on the one to 10 honesty scale, 10 brutally honest. They believed everything that he said. Next, they interviewed Dwayne. Dwayne said he showed up at the kiosk at 830 p.m. to give Samantha a ride home, but it was closed. He said he looked in the windows and even though it was dark, he could see napkins all over the place. He thought that was weird, but he didn't go in because he didn't want to set off an alarm. He thought that Samantha just got a ride home with someone else. The police were like, this is weird. You know, you're there. You didn't open it. You didn't, you know, Mm -hmm. pursue anything. But Dwayne uh, was open about the fact that he and Samantha had been fighting all day. And he showed them a text message, which gave him the impression that Samantha got a ride with someone else. Samantha wrote, quote, 
fuck you, asshole. I know what you did. I'm going to spend a couple days with friends. Need time to think. Plan acting weird. Let my dad know. I'm smart of this dickhead, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just or to try to establish that she the was man, still alive. The man making, sending this text. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> making contact. <laughs> Dwayne also told police that around 3 a.m. he heard a sound outside. So when he went outside, he found a masked man standing by their truck. Dwayne said he ran inside to get James, but by the time that the two of them got back outside, the man was gone. Yeah, that poor guy probably relives that fucking moment every day. You know, not not doing anything, not just or, charging full steam at that guy. Well, I know her dad. You know, we talked about how she asked for dinner for her dad to drop her off oh, dinner. God. And I know that's that was one thing I read that he it's like I if I just would have picked her up some fast food and drove it there. None of this would have ever happened. I don't even know how you live with that. So now in the investigation, we're at February 11th. The Anchorage police finally accepted Agent Payne and the FBI's help. But Agent Payne was super fucking pissed. Not only had so much time passed, but James Koenig had pretty much done all the police's work as far as getting attention to this case. And they were still low key viewing him as a suspect. James had set up a tip line and had a volunteer search station set up by the kiosk. He had a huge sign made like billboard size with Samantha's picture and the word kidnapped in bold letters. James and other volunteers were also writing messages to Samantha in bright green spray paint in the snow in case she might be lost wandering around. And through all of this hard work he was doing, James was able to get the attention of the media, like mainstream media, Nancy Grace's of the world, those people and the story. She went. helps every situation. Well, she, she gets the word out there, but then she, what it, kind of person do you have to be to watch Nancy Grace? Well, I would assume some of our listeners probably do. Hmm. I have I th- thoughts about them. I think a fan of true crime, Mike. Okay. <laughs> Seems like a lovely woman, Nancy. Yeah. When we meet her at a convention, I'll ask her out to dinner one night. Somewhere the devil is dancing tonight. <laughs> the worst thing about Nancy Grace is how she says jurors. I don't understand. She like straight up made makes up her own version of that word. I don't even recall. What does she say? Jurors. 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 Oh, she's Southern, right? That's, I don't feel like that's even Southern. I think she just makes Jurors. Where is she from? And is that accent a little bit like a, like a put, put on? on? Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Ugh. The tot mom. Jurors. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the dancing devil. Like you talking like you just have like your mouth full of like gauze or cotton or something. <laughs> Chew my cotton to my lip. Fucking hick. Is he from Georgia or something like that, right? I don't know. One of those southern states gotta be. Gotta be. No, she's from New York, Dave. <laughs> from the Bronx. New York City. <laughs> Her story is actually pretty interesting. Yeah, you know, she was a prosecutor, and then her husband was say killed. prostitute. <laughs> she was a prosecutor, and then her husband got killed, and it just seemed she decided to make a living being a buffoon. Yeah, it seemed like it fl- like ratings and stuff kind of made things flip a bit. What happened to her, her husband? Well, he was murdered, but really? I don't remember how. Yeah, something. She's from Macon, Georgia. There you go. Nailed it. Wish they weren't making her. <laughs> 
She was like a really successful prosecutor. Then her husband got murdered and it changed her whole wow. outlook on That's stuff. Sad. I'm sorry about your husband. Moving on. <laughs> Leads that came in went nowhere until 7.56 p.m. on February 24th when Dwayne got a text message from Samantha's phone that said, quote, Connor Park sign under pick of Albert. Ain't she purdy? And purdy spelled P-U-R. T.Y. James, Dwayne, the police, and Agent Payne rushed to Connor's Bog Park, where they found a Ziploc bag hanging under a flyer for a missing dog named Albert. Inside was a ransom note and photocopied Polaroids of Samantha. In one of the pictures, Samantha has her eyes open, her hair braided, and duct tape covering her mouth. Her head was being held by a man, and all that could be seen was his hand and part of his arm. In the top of the picture was the Anchorage newspaper with the date of February 13th. I mean, could they tell by the pictures that she was deceased? Everybody was kind of 50 50 on that. Mm. Even the guy, the agent Payne from the FBI was like, she could be alive in this picture. Like, I don't really know for sure because it, it wasn't just the straight up Polaroid. It was a photocopy of the Polaroid. Okay. So it was put, you know, the quality was pretty poor mm. and they thought that the way he was holding her head was for shock value because the way it's described, at least the way I read it was that he was probably holding her up by her hair, like, mm. like a, like a forceful thing, like mm. holding her head up like that. Right. And like I said, if you could search, for the proof of life picture of her, what you're going to find on the internet is nothing of what's described by law enforcement. It's, it's clearly a fake picture. The note was super long. I couldn't find a transcribed version of it. I don't even know if it, you know, the full thing has ever been released. Um, it was four pages long, really rambling, but the final demand was $30,000 deposited into Samantha and Dwayne's account. If this was done, Samantha would be set free in six months. Six months. And that was something that FBI uh, Steve Payne was like, we're going to keep that information really close because we've never seen somebody say, oh, yeah, we'll give them back in six months. He's a terrible ransom negotiator. (laughs) That's not a good deal at all, pal. So now they have they have a ransom demand. And there had been $60,000 raised for as a reward money. James Koenig did not want to put any money in that account right away. Uh, He was acting pretty suspicious with the money. I will say didn't make sense how he was uh, refusing to budge on any of it. And then uh, where did that money come from? uh, It was donations and stuff like that. Yeah. Donated reward money. Yeah. Okay. Um, and people close with James said, he's acting really weird about this money. You should look into it. And he was using some of it for his own like bills and stuff. Mm. But did, was he no longer working because he was dedicating full time to, to trying to find her? That's what he said. I think there's this. It could be, you know, you could see it either way. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know. I think that. You know, we all know what happened here. We've already talked about it. So I think James is probably, this might be some of him, uh, reputation maybe with people. Yeah. 
On February 29th at 4.55 p.m., James Koning deposited $5,000 into the account. Then around 9 p.m., Agent Payne was shocked to see someone attempted to withdraw $600 from an ATM in Anchorage, like fucking down the street from where they are. The first thing he thought was maybe the theory about James Koning being behind some of this is accurate because as soon as they deposit the money, boom, there's a, there's a transaction. So they didn't tell this guy that they had deposited the money. No. Yet he just happened to try to withdraw money right after. Right. It's suspicious for sure. The other thing that they thought too, is that pointing towards James is that $500 is usually the limit and almost all ATMs. So they're like somebody not familiar with electronic banking, someone that deals pretty much only in cash, illegal stuff might not know that. So that's a good point. Like what they suspected James Koenig might've been involved in. Right. Gotcha. Less than two hours later, another attempt was made at an ATM about five minutes away from the first one. This one was successful for $500. Then just after midnight, another withdrawal was made at another ATM on the other side of town for another $500. I mean, this can obviously be tracked. Is he not? It's not a great plan. This is not the work of a criminal mastermind. It is definitely not. This is on par with uh, something uh, Charles Ng might do. (laughs) We all know how good he was. (laughs) Who was the other guy we talked about? Was it? Danny Rolig, who was the bad uh, Richard Speck Richard was arrested like 40 sometimes. Why these guys not master criminals? The activity stopped for a bit. Then at 1020 PM on March 7th, a withdrawal was made at an ATM in Wilcox, Arizona for $400. About an hour later, another withdrawal came in and this one was in Lordsburg, New Mexico. No money was taken out because more than $500 was requested. The FBI guessed that whoever this was, they would continue to drive east down I-10. So a be on the lookout was issued throughout New Mexico and Texas. It read, quote, suspect will be an unknown male last seen wearing a light colored hooded sweatshirt. Suspect vehicle will be newer, light colored passenger car. Based on ATM transactions, it's believed that the suspect is traveling east toward El Paso. It it took a couple days, but they were able to pull surveillance photos from those ATMs. Not great quality, like the the be on the lookout said, just a hooded sweatshirt. You know, they couldn't Mm -hmm. see anything. The debit card was used again on March 8th and then on March 10th in Shepherd, Texas and Humble, Texas, meaning that he was still moving east. Over these past two days, image analysis was done by the FBI and they were able to determine that the suspect was driving a white Ford Focus. So this new information was put out into a new be on the lookout. Funny side note about the the Ford Focus thing. He wisened up to the fact that he probably was spotted at some atm so it was time to get a new uh rental car maybe trade in the ford focus yeah so he took it to a, a rental facility a rental place and uh he went in and was like this is there's something wrong with this car i'd like i don't really like this model you know but there's something wrong with can you just give me something else and I'm like oh you know what man all we have are ford focuses <laughs> and, and then he couldn't say well 
never mind because right, he already right. said something was wrong with the car so we had to leave with a whole new ford focus white yeah. one we have one of our a different color. <laughs> no, I'm was, sorry. We only have 14 white Ford Focus. That was all they had. It's our stuff. fleet car. White Ford Focus. Wow. Kind of like to see someone have such terrible luck. <laughs> Anyone deserves Couldn't it. Couldn't happen yeah. to a better guy. Yeah. At 11 a.m. on March 12th, law enforcement spotted a white Ford Focus that was a rental sitting in a parking lot of a quality inn in Lufkin, Texas. The FBI, working together with the Texas Rangers, put surveillance on the Ford Focus. They sat and watched as a white male came out of room 215 and started to put his belongings into the Focus. The man got in the car and started driving with police following. The FBI was in contact with the officer following the Ford Focus and told him to pull the car over, just find any reason, just get him pulled over. At one point, the car went 57 in a 55, and the officer threw on the lights. Uh-oh. He was doing 55 in a 54. <laughs> Is that Biggie? It's uh, Jay-Z. Oh, okay. 99 Problems. Apparently getting pulled over is one. <laughs> That's right. The driver calmly pulled over and turned off his engine. The officer addressed himself as Texas Highway Patrol and asked for license and registration. He walked back to the patrol car and called it into the FBI. The driver of the Ford Focus was a one Israel Keys. And that's where we'll pick back up on part two. What a shitty car to be your last car that you get picked up on a Ford Focus. No offense to anyone who drives a Ford Focus. I just like the just the fucking karma trying to, you know, I love it. Trade it in. We've got uh, 107 Ford Focuses in a lot. Take your pick. Sucks that something's wrong with that one. Uh, we'll just trade it out. Yeah, yeah different color? Nope. <laughs> 107 white Ford Focuses. Take your pick, pal. So I assume this entire account of what we just discussed is going to be from discussions with this guy that we'll hear about in part two, but very detailed, I thought. Yeah, we'll talk about it in part two. And In part two, we're going to. Uh, I haven't figured it out yet. I don't know if we're going to pick up just with him and go right into the interrogations or his life, you know, who, mm-hmm. who he was, but yeah, a lot of it's, it's, uh, his interrogation, you know, that's where all this information mm-hmm. comes from. Yeah. I like this format. It was interesting. Cause it really, it, it all, I mean, this is how it, it played out, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is playing, uh, you know, backtracking things because mm-hmm. he immediately we'll see next week. He immediately starts playing games with his wording in the interrogation, leading them to think that there's more victims, but mm-hmm. there's other things that he, that he's done, you know, throughout this where they're like, okay, this is not the first time he has done something like this. Right. It's interesting for sure. So yeah, next week we'll do is uh, we'll, we'll get into who Israel keys was, it really bothered me. I'm really bothered by this person. There's something about him that really gets under my skin. I watched on YouTube. There's six hours of interrogation footage. Mm-hmm. Some of that is him just sitting alone in the mm-hmm. room waiting. So I fast forward, but I watched all of it. He is one of the most irritating human beings I've ever listened. Yeah, and I didn't to even speak. watch that. I just looked at his stupid face and I want to dig him up and strangle. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. He's one of those people that thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Uh-huh. Very arrogant. Right. 
Yeah, so we'll we'll get into uh, the confirmed murders that we 100% know about, the further ones, his recounting of them, and uh, what ends up happening to Israel Keys, and wrap up Samantha Koning, because we still have to talk about what he did with her body and, and things like that. Okay. So there's there's still a whole kind of saga that goes along with him disposing her body. Oh, God. Like, that wasn't enough. All right. We'll save uh, final thoughts then for next week. Since, yeah, I think you know, so. We got a lot to dive into still. Uh, we got some patron shout outs. Lots of new patrons. Thank you all very much. Shout out to Samantha Labick, Jennifer Webster, Peter Gardner, Troy Lucas, Jess May, Selena, Faith Bigelow, Tiffany Makeson, maybe Maxson. Kenzie Duke, Caleb Eldridge, Wilma Fingerdew, good one, uh, Sandon Helm, T, Strawberry Klein 17, Sarah Winsett, Bo Billy Lover, Stephanie Jankowski, Brandon Cervenka, Eric Hicks, Abby Frey, Leah Powell, Maria Machado, Maria, or Maria, Maria Machado. <laughs> That's what I get for reading five names down. <laughs> Lucifer's wife, Jerry Freetag, Lizbeth, Dustin Belgard, Richard Baldazar, Gerardo Alvarado, Caleb Pontius, Big Red 06, Natasha Brachikov, William L. Rogers, Jesus Velasquez, Shane Eshelman, Dean, Anastasia Mannix, Rachel. Ashley Rogalski, Vegas AF, Jennifer Ann Cacciatore, Chelsea Eckerman, The Old Goat, Tamara, I'm sorry, That Old Goat, Tamara, Samantha James, Catfish Jones, Mike Bober, Blood and Butter, Mark Sheedy, Marissa Campanella, Jessica, Mike's Mouth, The Magnificent Muff Magnet. <laughs> Rumple Horskin, <laughs> Christina Lowe, John Thompson, Jeremiah Hopkins, Lacey Colwell, Amika, Soros DeBoss, Rusty Staubs, Salsa Bag on the Floor, Bell Allen, Tatiana, Planet Paver, Sean Tallis, Werewolf at the Movies, Ann Nicholson, Ashley Rodriguez, Mr. Muggs, Chugs, Buds, Amanda Brown, and Michelle Louise. Thank you very much. We appreciate all of your support. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for GE Lucky Star. I want the free thing. Ms. No-No. Shelby W. Ginger CB 47. Claire and Eli. And Pisces Girl. 33. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. All right, Dave, what do you got? Anything else? Uh, no. Uh, ben just threw another pick, though, so that was good. Goddamn. What's the score, like 104 to 0? At 26, nothing. Pretty close. That was close. Yeah. We'll round up. Yeah. Uh, we talk shit now about how this episode comes out. The Browns might be, have lost, like, you know, <laughs> 54 to 7. We'll see. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to Lindsay. That sent us some awesome mugs, some handmade Necronomapod mugs. Those are super cool. Yeah, very cool. Drink my iced coffee tomorrow morning out of it. Yep, your uh, iced black coffee from Starbucks, like uh, one Paul Levesque. 
aka John Paul Levesque, aka Hunter Hearst Helmsley, aka the game, <laughs> aka the cerebral assassin, aka Triple H. Yep. I am going to slowly turn this podcast into a wrestling podcast. I uh, don't recommend that. I think you should take a look at the sports uh, <laughs> sports podcast categories. It is all wrestling in the top 10. I think we could finally crack a top 10 because we're better than half those twits. Twits, twats, all of them. I agree. Chris Jericho could be a Twitter or a twat. <laughs> Maybe in the future. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make this a wrestling podcast as much as I'd like to. <laughs> as much as I'd like to. <laughs> We are at necronomapod.com. Check us out there for the links to all of our socials. Amazon.com search necro nomapod for our merch and patreon.com slash necronomapod. We've had a few people hit us up recently. You can't just search for us on Patreon because we are adult content. We won't show up. So you actually have to search or type in patreon.com slash necronomapod uh, to, to get access to it. But if you do that, like through, you know, Safari or whatever, Google Chrome or whatever, internet um you want to use once you subscribe it should be available then on your patreon app so do that and uh appreciate it so much and then what what did we say dave the hashtag was for questions for the cooldown year-end show necro year-end hashtag necro year-end yep. okay go ahead and send those to our email which is available at you know all the websites you'll find it thank you very much all right you guys ready for a cool down beer cheers <laughs>